A challenging few days in New York Liberty Land. Jackie Powell here to tell us all about it. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there, everybody, and happy new short week to you. I am Howard Megdahl, founder and editor of The Next. You can see all our work there at thenexthoops.com. If you are here, chances are you've done this already, but make sure you've made us your first listen. Now go ahead and hit that subscribe button anywhere podcasts are found or at YouTube. The price free, no money at all. And you can listen to us every weekday here at Lockdown Women's Basketball. One of the most wonderful parts of Lockdown Women's Basketball, maybe the most wonderful. I'm trying not to play favorites, but of course, Jackie Powell, everybody loves the work she does here, the work she does at Bleacher Report. Just Wonderful to speak to about all things, especially, of course, the New York Liberty, who seem to be on a roll. Uh, they had a 10-game span where they were the lead leaders in net rating and now losers of two straight. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about Crystal Dangerfield. Jackie wrote a great piece about Crystal. We're going to talk about Lorella Kubai, of course, uh, who uh, had to say, unfortunately, uh, you know, farewell to as well. Uh, there's a lot to get to, Jackie, but I guess the place to start is, are you surprised? Are we in a different spot than you thought we'd be, let's say, a week ago? Um, yes and no. I think I think Sandy would be, or Sandy Brondello would be the first to tell you that part of a WNBA season is it's sort of like a sine or a cosine curve, mm-hmm. bringing back some calculus here, and that it it sort of flows like this. And so the Liberty had been flowing really well in the majority of the month of June. And it, it, it made sense that at some point, especially with the fact that they haven't had a full healthy roster this entire season, that some of their key pieces would start to, I guess, feel the fatigue or, or mm-hmm. feel sort of the... Um, the, the need to recharge. And then sometimes what comes with recharging is that you don't recharge at full strength. So they were off for six days in between playing Atlanta twice. And Atlanta continued on their stretch. They got Tiffany Hayes back. They're now only short one player, which is huge for the dream in, in Nia Coffey. And then on the Liberty side, uh, you know, Benajelani is still out until what Rondello said, late July, early August. Uh, she got married, which was wonderful to see. Yeah. And Jocelyn Willoughby could, could play in this back-to-back, but my guess is probably they're just going to let her come back after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And then you have Rebecca Allen, who... You know, she she played her first game after being in concussion protocol for three weeks. And then she was whacked in the face, right, you know, in the head by Chinea Gumake on a call that should have been a flagrant one. 
And um, it was hard for her to get up and she could have been put back into concussion protocol. So we will see how that plays out. I spoke to our own Lucas Seehofer sort of about concussions and trying to understand why in the case of Lorella Kubai, who is now not with the team, when Joyner Holmes whacked her in the face, mm-hmm. the team immediately sort of put her into that protocol. And it was because the symptoms were pretty immediate. Mm-hmm. When Rebecca Allen first sustained her concussion, I believe it was on June 1st against the Indiana Fever. Uh, Victoria Vivians whacked her in the head or collided with her, like smacked her in the head. Again, mm-hmm. just terrible luck. She initially did not feel those concussion symptoms. She felt fine. Right. But then two or three days later, she starts getting that nausea and they thought it was a stomach bug, but no, it was the symptoms took a little while. And I learned that that is something that happens. It depends on the person. It's really hard to point fingers. At first I pointed fingers at the team and I was like, how could they let this happen? Mm -hmm. But then you do your research and you see, okay, well, this is not so black and white. So that was a long digression to sort of explain Injury-wise, where the Liberty are also, Sammy Whitcomb did not play against the Sparks. And although on the injury report they called it rest, she had a boot on her left uh, foot. So Hmm. while that could be preventative um, and just cushioning, you know, that foot, Mm-hmm. that's concerning as well. And just based it on how, what I've seen from Whitcomb, and then I will finish this rant after I uh, expand upon Whitcomb, her defense was a bit slower in that Atlanta game. And her her ability to keep up with some of those guards, I mean, Sammy Whitcomb is a very smart player. She's prided herself on how intelligent she is on the court and how she outworks people. Mm-hmm. When your body is not healthy and when your body is not up to snuff, sometimes we're not going to see that. And we haven't um, yeah. on both ends. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is, this is a good thing because I feel like she should have rested this or she should have sat out maybe a bit earlier in the season. Um, I mean, Sam, Sammy always pushes the envelope on this stuff and, yep. you know, to, to her credit, you know, but there is always that balance between playing through pain and playing hurt and playing injured. And that is a difficult thing to navigate. And it does not get easier as you are in the lead for longer, much as, like you said, if Sammy Whitcomb's not in the right place, it's never going to be because Sammy Whitcomb didn't know to be there. It's always going to be whether she's physically able to. But you're right. Look, Rebecca Allen and Sammy Whitcomb are vital parts of this team vital parts of this team for all the reasons we've discussed. Jocelyn Willoughby being missing has led to some other changes in the rotation. But I do think, and this sort of gets at the question I asked Sandy last week when we saw them, which is, is this team the seven and three last 10 that led the lead in net rating as they were at the time? Is this team the one and seven team who got off to the horrific start? Maybe there's another version if we're slicing and dicing the data, which is to say, I went back and looked, what is New York over their last six, the most recent six now? 
97.9 offensive rating, 97.9 defensive rating, a net rating, therefore, of 0.0, a record over those last six of three and three. Jackie, is this a 500 team? Is that just what the New York Liberty are this year when you take all the ebb and flow of a season, all the coastline and other calculus-related things that I don't know because I did not do well in math class? I mean, calc was very hard for me, but then again, I don't think the professor, or my professor was high school, was senior year. The teacher I had was not great at explaining something very complicated, but those are a couple of things I've held on. Or that have held on. Story to come at the next tubes. <laughs> so to be quite honest, I think a 500 team would be an accomplishment mm. for the New York Liberty. Right. A 500 team would mean they could be 18 and 18. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Liberty have won 18 games since 2017. Well, it's not a denigration at all. I mean, and, and it's a year after going 12 and 20. It's, undeniable progress if they are an 18 and 18 team. Now, I will just say, if we're talking about this, when you look at their schedule and what they need to be able to do, while they're coming up at Las Vegas, at Phoenix, they got Vegas twice more. We get to see them two times in three days at Connecticut, at Washington, two against the sky. That's what they've got between July 6th and July 29th, no real easy games there. You'd say maybe the easiest one is at Phoenix, which, you know, it's still an away game. It's still on the West Coast, give or take, you know, a, a geographical state or two. And maybe Washington if Elena Deladon doesn't play. So that is just a brutal stretch. They're below 500 now. What do they have to do to get from 8 and 12 to 500 between now and the end of the year? Um, I think getting healthy would help. Um, I think, ooh, sorry about this. I wanted to be outside because it was just nice. And it I had, delightful. yeah, just the wind moved a little. And if you hear birds. Um, I, think, I think birds are a great part of this. In fact, I want to talk more about what it takes for this team to get to 500 by the end of the year. Cause I do think that's significant. Uh, we are going to talk real quickly though, about arcade one up because now Jackie in 1993, I, I'm an old, as we've discussed, you were not alive. Is that correct? That is correct. So, I mean, the world was lesser for it. There was no Jackie Powell, but what there was, was NBA Jam. And I would go to the arcade and I would put one quarter after another after another into the NBA Jam machine and play that over and over again. A year later, I got it on my Super Nintendo, but it wasn't the same. A machine where you could play. I mean, it's just amazing. And so Arcade 1UP, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is bringing back what's called the Shack Edition Machine. You can pre-order at Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade, the number one, up.com for an estimated early September ship date. The games start at $399, and they're even giving away a special NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. So go ahead and enter to win a game console at Arcade1Up.com slash locked on. That's Arcade, the number one, up.com 
slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter. I cannot recommend it highly enough. While Jackie was studying calculus, this is what I was doing. And I have no regrets, no regrets at all. So when we think about the New York Liberty and what needs to happen, I mean, let's talk about Jocelyn Willoughby for a second, because we are both extraordinarily high on Jocelyn Willoughby. And this is a team that through preseason really thought they were going to be able to count on her, right? Yes, two preseasons in a row. The the comment that came out was, Jocelyn Willoughby's really good. And mm. I was like, mm-hmm. And then again this year, I was like, mm-hmm. Uh, so she's just had some of the worst luck. And I really believe that this is a fault. This is the only, well, I don't know if I'm going to say the only, but it is a fault when you assemble a group of players that work harder than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I remember when Jonathan Kolb made it very clear that when it came to building this culture, this was who they wanted. These were the type of people who they wanted. And so, hold on one moment. I should have thought this through. There's a plane passing over. The plane, does, that's okay. Well, we hear you're great. And so the, what you don't calculate when you do that is you don't think, oh, well, when you have people who want to work, 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 what happens when you have a season that is tightly smushed because of the World Cup going on in, in late September? August 14th is when this season ends somehow. August 14th, the regular season, that is. That's basically in six weeks. That's yeah. a little crazy. A little under six weeks. So it's a bit wild. And so I remember, and even last season, even last season, it was a tight season because you basically took a month out. Mm-hmm. And so two seasons in a row where things have been moving at a pretty unnatural pace. I don't think in the NBA things move as fast. Um, they talk about load management over there. And I just, I just sigh because of what their counterparts deal with. But mm -hmm. the reason I'm talking about this is because I found that in 2021 – Players were not held accountable when it came to slowing down. Hmm. It was Liberty prided themselves on working, working, working. And then sometimes when you work, 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 that leads to injuries. That leads to making some injuries worse. You saw that with Sabrina Ionescu. You saw it with how Natasha Howard's ramp up was at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. You saw it in the way in which Benajah Laney played through a, a torn meniscus, like a slightly torn meniscus. I mean, to me, there was just no accountability last season. And so I've spoken to Sandy Brondello a bunch of times about this. And she said, listen, I did this grind for 10 years. And what I learned when I did this grind was it's not about the the quality of the work you're doing or sorry it's not about the quantity of work you are doing mm -hmm. it is about the quality of the work you are doing 
So she really believes in rest. And I don't think that was what the Liberty were doing a year ago. And you could argue that that has led to Benajelani being sidelined for pretty much a huge chunk of the Mm -hmm. regular season. So what do the Liberty need to do to get back to 500? I think they need to get healthy. And I think they need to um, get back to some of their defensive principles as well. I mean, I understand that this was the first time that they're playing the Sparks. And when the Sparks come to New York, I expect it to be a very different outcome, uh, Mm -hmm. especially with how the coaching staff feels about one of their stars. Um, I I don't want to say that lightly because you can't. Um, Olaf Lang and Sandy Brondello have both coached and will continue to coach the Australian national team. You can fill in the blanks. It is going to be a very interesting return. That is for sure. I am really looking forward to seeing what we have going on with it. That I, I hard to overstate the number of subplots there are in the WNBA. And, you know, when there's a conversation about player movement in this league, it matters for a lot of different reasons, but not least of which because it sets up things like this. Although this one is almost a step beyond. It, it, it's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait to see it. I will say we have seen untold life out of the Sparks in a way that I think a lot of people had written off the Sparks. But if you look at it right now, if you go to the overall season standings, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Sparks are right there. They are right there. They are 10 and 11. They are tied with Atlanta. They have a real opportunity potentially to make the playoffs. There are going to be some teams whose seasons are going to be defined by making the playoffs that may not even reach 500. You know, we're sort of talking about that as a benchmark, but it's fascinating what ends up happening to those teams and also how their success or failure is evaluated uh, in that in that realm. Um, I want to talk about Crystal Dangerfield with you. I want to talk about Lorella Kabai, but I also want to talk about something. I, it's hard to overstate the way in which built bars have come to define my daily life. But, you know, we're about to record. And so what am I going to do to get me through uh, with the energy necessary. And, you know, this this looks like a built bar. This looks beautiful. But this is actually the saddest of all things. If you take a look, this is an empty built bar because I've eaten it, because it's gone. Now, no, maybe it's not the saddest thing because I know I ate it, because I got to experience the built bar. But it's got to be said for all of you. Um, coconut brownie chunk puff is the latest innovation Built Bar always comes through with some new, interesting flavors. It's a flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. None of that poser pretend chocolate, right? The real chocolate. It's described, and I'm not exaggerating, like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And make sure you're ordering... You know, again, get the coconut brownie chunk puff. This is 
Look at this. Caramel brownie. It's just delicious. It's just delicious. We love the puffs. We took a long weekend trip away and got to enjoy all of those together. My children, without hesitation, reached into the bed. Oh, we got built bars. And it helped us get to and from long road trips. Nobody got mad. Nobody killed each other. We all had a great time. Why do we have a great time? Yeah, love. Sure, sure. But really, built bars. That's what it comes down to. So when you do it, locked, locked 15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. I just want to make sure... And Jackie, maybe you can tell the people who sent you, who sent you when you go to built.com. It's only one person and one person only. It's Grandma Myrna. Okay. All right. I'm glad we got that established and straight. So speaking of being sent, sent away, Lorella Kubai, really talented young bid, somebody who, now I've tweeted about this and we've talked about this, I really think can help a WNBA team, somebody who, an elite secondary playmaker, a, a gifted passer, somebody who went and just did everything the coaching staff asked of her. Just can't fit her on the roster, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, she's going to earn the rest of her rookie salary because the Liberty had to make this move post the midpoint, which mm-hmm. was June 25th. But the Liberty wanted Crystal Dangerfield to stay for the rest of the season because they saw the, her value and how she contributes, which we'll discuss shortly. But when it comes to Lorella Kubai, and Sandy Brandella was asked about this, I believe it was pregame uh, Sunday. I almost said yesterday, but it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she sort of said, you know, we were, we were looking at the roster and we realized we needed a pure point guard more than we needed another post player. And so you could say, you know, when you look at the posts, you have Steph Dolson, all-star Natasha Howard. You have Han Shu, who we have spoken at length about. And I think initially, I remember the first big that came off the bench was not Han Shu. It was Lorella Kubai. Um, but then the Liberty found that Han Shu is instant offense. And yeah, she scored a ton over Liz Cambage's head. Mm-hmm. And uh, over something- everyone's head. Yeah. Over everyone. I mean, she's eight feet tall. It does not surprise me that she's able to score over, you know, Liz Cambage is not small. She is not Mariah Jefferson. No. She's six foot eight. But Han Shu towers over her at six foot ten, not eight feet tall, if we're being honest. That is correct. And so <clears throat> what it, yeah, what it came down to was, and, and then you have um, Michaela Onyenwede, who I believe has benefited from Jocelyn Willoughby being out. No doubt. Um, no doubt. And, and increasingly taking advantage of that. I do think it was interesting. The quote you got from Sandy Brondello about Crystal Dangerfield and what her impact is. I'm just going to read it. What you don't see her do is her cutting, her movement, how she creates for everybody else. Just that unselfishness unselfishness creates open spacing on the floor. She does it. That's what we're teaching everyone. But she does it really naturally and reads things before they happen. Is that something that is unique? I mean, I feel like Sabrina does that. And again, let's be clear, Sabrina Ionescu, not Sabrina Merchant, both great in their own ways, but only one place for the Liberty. But, you know, 
does that allow Sabrina Ionescu to play off the ball because Crystal is doing the thing that Sabrina does when she is ball dominant as well? Does it come down to that? Yes, it does. And it, it takes defensive pressure off mm-hmm. of Sabrina Ionescu. And I also think Crystal Dangerfield, she does all of the little things. She is, she's a small guard, but she finds these gaps on the floor that not all players can find. There is a notable play where she screamed for Sabrina Ionescu. And it's like, mm-hmm. hmm, Crystal Dangerfield is 5'5". Five, five. I am almost as tall as she is. How did she scream for Sabrina? Mm-hmm. How did she prevent 6'2 Ryan Howard from even contesting Sabrina's pull-up three? Like, how? How? And so what it comes down to is it comes to another quote from Sandy was she called Crystal a little ball of muscle. <laughs> so you, you go up to Crystal Dangerfield and you talk to her and you look at her arms and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. she is so strong. And you see that in the fact that she can put up a wall and Ryan Howard, who is a good defender, by the way, just can't put her arm up in time. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it, it really, I mean, boy, Sandy's just such a gift to us in quote after quote, by the way. Thank you, Sandy Brundello, for providing is. us with epic quotes and especially kicker quotes uh, for our stories all season. But it, it is interesting to see. I, I think, like you said, it really doesn't get at who the Liberty are when we see them without Crystal or Crystal just back and flying across the country to be with them. I do think we're going to learn a ton about them in the coming days. And I am utterly fascinated to see both what they do over these next couple, a back-to-back at Las Vegas, followed by at Phoenix Wednesday, Thursday. And then after the break, I mean, I know Las Vegas has been struggling two and four in the last six, but those are going to be some good tests. And Vegas will be coming out of a break, too, uh, to be able to see Tuesday night. And then you and I, amid the squeaking of camp day on Thursday morning, to get a fuller sense of it. So I, I just I'm really looking forward to it, seeing that that ball of muscle uh, get uh, get back out there and be a critical part of this. I'm going to leave us with one delightful stat win shares per 40 this year as we think about the players who have been most effective for the liberty steph dolson just over one it's 0.101 marine johannes at 0.103 continues to be an absurd addition to this team her true shooting percentage is 67.4 percent sabrina is at 143 Sabrina having an all-star season by any measure. And then, of course, at the very top, Han Shu. Han Shu had two assists in that game the other night against L.A. Is it fair to say that? She could, have had, she could have had three. There was a beautiful pocket pass to Didi, which Didi just couldn't finish. Hmm. Um, I guess I will give some credit to Chanae on her defense on that, but I – I, I'm sorry for being a little salty, but I just, that flagrant foul on Rebecca Allen is, I will get over it. Don't worry, people. I will get over it. And, uh, you know, 
Chennai is obviously a very important figure for this league. Maybe my my angst should be more toward the officials because it's about valuing player safety. Um, Chennai is tough. She had 10 rebounds off the bench in that one. You know, Chennai Udwumake is playing at, I think, the highest level the Sparks could have asked her to play, and that's what she needs to provide them, toughness off the bench. I, You know, as somebody who grew up on – a different era of tough basketball. Perhaps I'm viewing it a little bit differently. Maybe I'm thinking in NBA jam terms, but whatever you would say, I, I, I think Shanae, the phrase she understood the assignment seems to apply here. Is, is that the children are still saying that, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, it, it's just this. It's just this circumstance. I think it's when someone just came out of concussion protocol. I think it's also when you throw Rebecca Allen into it, um, who is a player that I've covered for years. So there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit maybe more care there. So the last Liberty player still with the team who played in the MSG years, I believe. That is correct. That is that is how far back Rebecca Allen goes, and dare I say I do as well. But so just this last question that kind of ties it all in, Han Shu, her ability to pass off the bench, did that make Lorella Kubai expendable as well? Not just the scoring, but the passing? I mean, it could have. As hmm. you know, I wrote a over 3,000-word piece at the next hoops. About Hanshu.com and read it. Always read Jackie Powell. About Hanshu's journey. And something that really opened my eyes was when Natasha Howard was talking about how intelligent of a basketball player she is. And that was something that wasn't really communicated to us in 2019. Not a lot was communicated to us about Hanshu in 2019. (laughs) And so, I, I mean, I know I'm causing some laughter, but I don't think I'm wrong when I yeah, say that. Not arguing. I'm and not. so, via talking to Natasha Howard, who I think is really like an older sister to Han, and it's really beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, and even Steph Dolson. I mean, here's some Han shoe growth I can talk about as we wrap up. In the game against the Sparks... Han set this beautiful screen where I was like, oh my God, she's learning from Steph how to, how to set these hard screens. Mm-hmm. And when I asked Steph about it, Steph Dolson, when I was working on reporting this piece out, she said, yeah, I, I think Hani is a little hesitant to be called for a moving screen or to be called for an offensive foul, mm-hmm. which that is common. That is to be expected. Yeah. But it's like, that's in one ear from Steph. I'm watching the game and I see she sets the screen and I'm like, Oh my God. So it's, she's a really smart player and a really smart person. Um, Mm. And is just really bought in to this entire system. She feels, even though Asia or sorry, AD Durr or AD is not with Han anymore. I think this group has really made Han feel included. I think having a translator in Cindy Chen, who's sort of become like a friend of hers, I think that adds to the equation as well. I I just just love that on a human level. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I, it, it's it's a wonderful thing to see. And, you know, as you know, I'm a work on a Han piece myself. I do not think we know what the ceiling is for Han Shu because I don't think we've seen a player of her specific talent scope to be able to make a set of comps for. So I, I'm, it, it's going to be fascinating to see. Well, again, for those of you listening, at Classic J Powell on Twitter, follow Jackie Powell read everything she does, listen to everything she does. Join us tonight at 7 on Playback. We're going to be uh, watching the game live, and Jackie and I will be your hosts as always. And make sure you're making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Now, once you do, once you do, I have heard there is, and Jackie, maybe you can speak to this, a league as well that we cover in the Locked On Network. It's, give me a sec, I just need to. So it is called the National Basketball Association. And as I understand it, there are men playing basketball for money. Like it's like it's their profession, like the WNBA, like, a, like an offshoot of the WNBA. Is this something you've heard of? Is this a thing? I, I mean, here in New York, are there teams? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um... One, two. How yeah, there are two. There are two. And um, do they have big stars like I, I like Kevin Durant? Does he uh, does, does he play basketball for the like Brooklyn? Is there Brooklyn have a team? We we don't know if Kevin Durant is going to be playing for Brooklyn oh. because he just oh. requested a trade. And what about Kyrie Irving? Is he no? Uh I, I'm fascinated about that. I Tina Charles apparently used to wear a jersey of a guy, Patrick Ewing, who played for the Knicks. I'm, I don't know. It's new to me. Well, anyway, now that you've listened to us, get up to date on your latest news and rumors in the NBA. I think I got that right. In just 30 minutes every day with Locked on NBA. Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in 30 minutes. And of course, Come back with us tomorrow. We'll have Hayden Silly. We'll be talking about the Phoenix Mercury. Well, yeah, a subplot or two going on. Uh, we talked about the dream earlier. Gabriella Lewis is going to be with Missy Hydrick later in the week. We're here every weekday talking about the league we care about, the WNBA. Jackie Powell, thank you for your time. It is always delightful. I will be seeing you on Slack, and then I'll be seeing you tonight at Playback. Until tomorrow, I am Howard Magdal. Wishing you a wonderful Tuesday. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.